0: tonight on the kind of um, theme of the now and the not yet of the kingdom of God, Um, and I want to just read some some different verses. So it's kind of not really an exposition of these verses, but I'm kind of hanging what I want to say on them. Mark chapter 1, reading from verse 14 to 16, Jesus announcing the good news. you want to follow it on the screen, it's there, or if you want to follow it in your Bibles. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God is near, repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. The kingdom of God has come near. And then a passage from Luke 24, about this encounter these two disciples have on the way out from Jerusalem. Jerusalem after Jesus has been raised from the dead. But they don't know that yet. They're walking away. Now, that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? And they stood still, faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, Jesus asked? About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it's the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen visions of angels who said he was alive. And then just a few verses from Acts chapter 1, verses 6 to 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 6 to 8. The disciples gathered round him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know The times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Let's just pray together. Father, as we just spend this time together tonight, I pray that you will... By your Spirit, speak into our lives to encourage or challenge to bring freedom, release. Help us to grasp hold of the truth of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. As many of you may know, I'm a, a quite an avid football fan, uh, Quite into most sports, I will watch most sports, tiddlywinks on, you know, not really, there are some things, but uh, I must say that even, even Hermie got caught up in the drama of Chelsea's penalty shootout. Uh, if you're not into sport at all, forgive me for the next few minutes, because uh, it's going to go right over your head, but it was exciting, it was exciting. But also, uh, when I was beginning to write this message, I was still reflecting on the excitement of the week before, of the Premier League last game of the season, it came down to the last match, Manchester United, Manchester City, they were on the same points going into the last game, Manchester City were ahead on goal difference, if you don't know what that means, see me afterwards, I'll explain <laughs> Basically, they'd scored more goals than the other team and let in less than the other team. And uh, with five minutes to go, it looked like Manchester United were going to win the league because Manchester City were losing. Manchester United actually won their game. But because of various incidents in the other game, they had an extra five minutes to play. Five minutes to score two goals to win the championship. I know you're all excited, as I tell you. (laughs) And I was listening to it, because I don't have sky, I was just listening to it uh, on on terrestrial telly, where all they have is these blokes looking at monitors, telling you how exciting it is. But it was still exciting. (laughs) But what I noticed, they were saying, and people are leaving the ground. With three minutes to go, they were leaving, they'd had enough, they couldn't face The disappointment. And then City score a goal. Two minutes to go. Thank you. (laughs) And then with one minute to go, they score again. And they win. Oh, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. (laughs) It's going to get worse for you, actually. I don't know if God can speak like this. I think He can, but He did speak to me through those people who left early. And I understand why they left early. They'd gone expecting the victory, expecting the party, expecting it all to be glorious, and their team were losing with just a few minutes to go, and they could not see how they would score two goals in three minutes, and they left. I can't exactly relate to that because the team I followed was Grimsby Town. <laughs> and we were just used to resigning ourselves that we'd lost again. <laughs> we never left early. Because so we always had this amazing kind of sense that it might happen. <laughs> Miracles do happen. And uh, if you... In those days, I haven't been a a follower of football in terms of going to matches for many years, but in those days, they used to sing a lot. I don't know they still sing a lot because they're all on seats now, but they used to sing a lot on the terraces. But they did sing some odd songs. Grimsby Town supporters, they used to sing odd songs, but um, one of the oddest songs that football supporters sing is Que Sera Sera, (laughs) which I never really liked singing, but we got into it. If you were winning an FA Cup match, because... But th- I don't think any football supporters realised what they were singing, that it was an old Doris Day number <laughs> from 1950, and it was essentially fatalistic. Que sera, sera what will be, will be, our future's not our to see, que sera, sera, But football fans actually turned it into something really positive. See, they would sing, if you were winning a football match, especially in FA Cup, que sera, sera, what will be, will be, we're going to Wembley. Que sera, sera. It became became a song of commitment to the cause and a song of optimism, support for the team that we were going to be victorious. I think you think I've lost the plot. (laughs) You may be right. Going back to those people who left the stadium early, God spoke to me in that moment. And he actually has reminded me of people that I have met along the road who have followed Jesus and don't follow him anymore. Who once walked with Jesus and said he was Lord, and they don't anymore, and, it, and it's really painful. But I understand it. Some of them, the circumstances of their lives, were just, it was just too difficult. And as disciples of Jesus in the now and the not yet of the kingdom. So I think worship is such a gift because it lifts our eyes up to so say that God is con- in control. God is working all his purposes out. But sometimes in the day-to-day we don't see it. We can be overwhelmed, overwhelmed by the big issues of the day. Uh, Duncan was praying about it in, in the sung worship time, about the economic news that we hear every day if you listen to the news. Some people have stopped listening to the news they don't want to hear. Awful things that we hear on the news military confrontations, environmental challenges. And then there's our personal circumstances, financial uncertainty, our health and the fears and the things that happen to in our lives. We can get overwhelmed with them and wonder where God is in them. That's why I chose that reading about the two leaving Jerusalem. They left it just a little bit too early, didn't they? They'd even heard reports from the women... That the tomb was empty, but they were still leaving. Disappointed. We had hoped, you heard that when we read it, we had hoped that Jesus was going to restore Israel, bring the kingdom. And there's a temptation on behalf of the church here in in the nation of Great Britain to see, because in our lifetime, in my lifetime, and yours, We have seen the church of Jesus Christ in this nation in plummeting numerical decline. Year after year after year after year. With just pockets of amazing stories. And and we're privileged to, to sort of go in those circles, you know. You go to Trinity and you see what God has done in the last 15 years. Amazing. Even here in little sleepy Chipping Camden. What God has done in the last 30-odd years. But on the national level, the church is in huge decline. As a people, as a nation, we turn our back on God and go our own way. And I know that some have been tempted to leave early and give up. Other church leaders that I meet have adopted a sort of bunker mentality, You know, we're just going to hold on to what we can for as long as we can. I remember at Bible College being even told by our our lecturers, you know, that, that was the mentality they had going into ministry, just keep hold of what we've got. Such was the decline in the church. I mean, even in this area, if you go to Paxford and Blockley, there were chapels there. They were all closed. Others have lapsed, some even that I went to college with in their faith, the circumstances of their lives. I don't know whether they've really given up actually believing but walking with Jesus. And in some ways, we need to Maybe as the football fans did, sing that new song, or sing that old song in a new way. And that's why it's so great to come to worship together. Why worship is so important. Because we lift our eyes. We sing songs of expectant praise. For a future beyond what we can see or imagine right now. Beyond what we can ask for right now. And we remind ourselves and each other that real privilege that we are called. We have been called to the most important cause there will ever be on planet Earth. The cause of Jesus Christ and his kingdom. And we have that privilege of living today for Jesus. And we could be overwhelmed by the decline. And we could be overwhelmed and just, oh, well, what can we do? It's at those times that God looks for people who say, I'm going to stand. You, I mean, sorry to go on about these revivals of old, but you study them. There were at places when people just said, unless you move God, there is no hope. Unless you break in and a people fall to their knees. And we're privileged to walk with Jesus And whether we may be in a tough passage of play right now, if you've read the book, you know we win. We win. Don't leave early, we win. We're on the winning side. Church of Jesus Christ will be victorious. We're being prepared right now as a bride for the Lord Jesus Christ. As Simon Ponserby writes in his book, the Lamb wins. The King has come. And he is coming again. That's why I read those verses from Mark's gospel. When Jesus declared himself, began preaching his gospel, he said, The kingdom of God is near. It's at hand. It's within reach for anybody because it had come in him. The long awaited reign of his father had broken into the world. And Jesus is coming, and his gospel remains, as it was then, still is today, a declaration that threatens every power base and every other claim to rule, whether they be human or spiritual powers. And by his word and actions, Jesus announced the sovereign rule of God over every area of creation, of human life and human affairs, when he walked on this earth and he just healed the sick, whether they were blind, the deaf, the lame, or lepers. And when he does that today, he is declaring that the kingdom has come. Over sickness, over disease, but we're in the now and the not yet. We still see some of our friends who suffer, good people suffering, dying through those sicknesses. We see glimpses breaking in of the kingdom of God. But it will come fully. It was coming that day when all sickness will be gone. No more cancers. It will all be done away with. And when Jesus walked on the water, or he turned water into wine, or he fed the 5,000 just with a couple of loaves and a few fish, he was declaring the kingdom of God over nature itself. One occasion when he even commanded the wind and the waves to be still. And the word that he uses there is just be muzzled. It's the word he spoke to demons in. Same word he spoke to demons, be muzzled, be silent, be still. When he challenged the religious leaders of the day, the scribes and the Pharisees, he was declaring the kingdom over the spiritual and moral realm. And he cleansed the temple, all the false religion that man just so quickly falls into. And when he forgave people their sins, see, he has the power to say, You are free. You are free. The woman caught in adultery, brought before him. There's no one left to condemn you. You are freed. Live differently now. Live in the freedom. You're not condemned. By, not by me, said Jesus. When he rode into Jerusalem on the foal of a donkey, he was declaring his kingdom and his kingship over all the authorities and powers and superpowers and empires that ever were and ever will be. Nevertheless, there still remains that tension. The kingdom is here, but not yet. And that's where we find ourselves in that in between time. You know, when you see that map and you go to a place you don't know where you are, or you're in a huge shopping mall and you look for the map with the big red line and the arrow that says, You are here is where we are the kingdom has come but it's not yet and we could be like those disciples you know 21 centuries ago say are you now going to when will it be when are you going to do it when are you going to come it's not for us to know says jesus The world we live in remains, at the moment, a fallen, broken, imperfect world. And bad things happen to good people. And we are tempted at times to think, where is God in that?" Setbacks, sicknesses. It's a fact acknowledged in the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. You know, that prayer, not to reel off as if you know, we've learnt something off by heart It means nothing anymore, but to pray through the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. And to take time, your kingdom come, your will be done. Jesus calls us to be part of praying in the kingdom, part of bringing in the kingdom. Because as he sent those disciples out, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you to be witnesses. Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and to the very ends of the age. And right now, even in our own situations and our different church situations, we see glimpses of the kingdom breaking in. If you were to sit down and think about it, how many times did God answer a prayer last week? often forgets just to go back and say, thank you. When we see God's intervention in things, best of all, when we see salvation come to someone's life, that miracle, someone coming to faith. We want to see more of that, don't we? We want to see more of that. Everyone we see is like we've had to mine deeply, dig them out of the ground, and they are precious. But we want to see more. And God's healing and deliverance. Because the gospel works. The gospel really works. Jesus really sets people free. When they believe the gospel. He says, you know what? cut those things off you. That sin is gone. has no hold on you, no power over you. But it can be that frustration sets in. And it can be that we become weary in the battle. And it's then that we need to come back again just throw ourselves on the Lord once again that he may fill us afresh with his spirit that we may gain a fresh understanding of the kingdom of God which leads us to nurture that eager and active expectation God has promised he's building his kingdom, God has promised that he will build his church and he will And as we were singing together in worship, that expectant heart that he's promised to come again. What we're living for. What we're living for. What are we living for? I want to run this race for him. I want to live this life for him. It's the only one I've got. I don't want to spend it on anything else but Jesus. Jesus. Don't want to live it for anything else but Jesus. Anyone else for Jesus. Because we're on our way home. And it's great to be part of all that God is doing. And at this time, in this place, as we've sung, we are praying for God's kingdom to break in more and more and more. So we believe, and we serve, and we struggle with the command of Scripture in James that consider it pure joy when you experience all sorts of trials, and we say, really? But we hold on in faith that the kingdom of God is coming, and sickness and injustice and tragedy will be once for all finished. To live in that expectant hope is to be possessed by an audacious confidence in God. The sovereign Lord is Lord over all. And he is working his purposes out. What's it based on? It's based on one discovery. First Easter morning, tomb was empty. Jesus was alive. He'd conquered death. Not just been resuscitated, that had happened before. He had conquered death. And he is alive forevermore. And he sent out his disciples to make other disciples, to make other disciples, to make other disciples. disciples. And he has left his Holy Spirit with us until that work is done. For some like those on the Emmaus Road, they'd left just a little bit early. It wasn't over yet. When Jesus conquered the grave, it changed everything. And the resurrection of Jesus carries the promise to all who will believe that is our experience too. That will be our experience too, the resurrection life. And it signals the restoration of the whole Paul describes the whole creation groaning in eager expectation for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed when Jesus comes again. And he makes all things new. He is coming back this way. He is coming back here to make new creation, new heaven, new earth. And so as the people of God and people of faith, we lay hold on him again. And we live in the tension of the now and the not yet of the kingdom. And we find ourselves in a place where we're called to make a stand. A stand for Jesus. A stand for his kingdom. Our calling is not to give up. But to live in the light of that future reality as citizens of the kingdom of God. And the values and promises of the kingdom of God. And wherever we go, we have hope. And wherever we go, we carry hope. And wherever we go, we're to give hope. Because we walk in the company of Jesus. Whether it's individual lives. Each one of us has an impact on individual people. Don't give up seeking their salvation. In church life, we represent different churches here, which is great. Support the church. Get behind it. Get behind its mission to reach the lost. Play an active part in it. And then in the community. Tomorrow morning, we'll all be, if we drew a map of where we would be, it'd be amazing. we just spread out. And we're all on mission in those places. And we'll keep praying that prayer wherever we go. Your kingdom come here. As it is in heaven. I want us to pray for those who have left too early as well. There are many prodigals who need to come home. We don't know all the reasons why they left early. But we want them back and the Lord wants them back. So let's just pray together. Father, we worship you tonight. We thank you that your kingdom is here. It's at hand, within reach. You have reached into our lives. We can testify that you are Lord, that you have saved us. Our sins are washed away. You've given us a new life. You welcome us back again and again and again. Your grace is amazing. That's our testimony. Your grace is amazing. You've heard our hearts cry earlier this evening as we cried out. For those who are going through difficult times, and we need your breaking in. We want to pray for those we know who have in some ways given up and wandered away from you. through circumstances, difficulties in life. Lord, we pray that your spirit will encounter them and turn them around and bring them home again. Thank you, Lord, that you are a father who longs for his children. Thank you for the story, Jesus, you told of the loving father waiting for his son. And when he saw him, he rushed out to meet him. Lord, we pray that there will be a return to you in these days, those who have drifted away. We lift the names of them to you, those that we know right now. Help us, Lord, in the now and the not yet of the kingdom to hold on. Lifting our eyes up to you again and again. Renewing our faith in you as the one who was and is and is to come. Thank you that the day is coming when you will return. We don't know when, not for us to know, but we know it's true, because you've promised it. So help us, Lord, as we get up tomorrow and go into this new week. We ask for strength and courage and boldness to live for you. We ask for an anointing of your spirit to make a difference wherever we are. And use us, we pray. And we pray your kingdom come. Your will be done. For the glory and the honour of your name. Amen.